Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. Amen. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to the book of Numbers, the book of Numbers chapter 11. And just put your finger there in Numbers 11, Numbers chapter 11. And uh, so this is installment number three of of Misfortune Cookies. And uh, I'm calling this particular sermon because uh, we've been talking about some of the bad wisdom that you find in the world that can lead to uh, destructive decisions. Uh, Week one, if you were here for week one, we talked about how the the, the misfortune wisdom that you may find when people say a lie is only a lie if you get caught. How many know that's not good wisdom? Amen. Amen. A lie is only a lie if you get caught. And then last week we dealt with some very hard, hard issues and, and, and we dealt with what your spouse doesn't know about your indiscretions won't hurt them. How many know that's a bad piece of wisdom as well? Uh, But today, somebody say today. Today we're going to show you a bad piece of advice that you actually can find in church or talking to church people. Uh, You see, the church has its own subculture. How many know, know what I'm talking about? And so we have all these little phrases and habits uh, uh, like that much of the rest of the world doesn't even understand. I mean, when, they, when we say it to them, they're like, what are you talking about? I mean, in church, we have a million of these phrases. Let me just go through a couple of these phrases that I'm sure you've uh, uh, heard or just even misguided or misused uh, things like, uh, uh, you know, uh, Adam and Eve ate of the apple in the garden. Now, how many know that um, the Bible never, never talked about the apple? So would y'all leave uh, honey crisp and delicious reds alone talking about, you know, that, you know, this, this apple, you eating that apple? No. Genesis 3 and 6 says Eve ate some fruit and shared it with Adam. It never said apple. All right. I personally think it was a lemon. That's just my personal belief, but you can say what you want to say and think about it. Uh, uh, here's another misguided or misquoted thing, the three wise men. Um, um, li- listen, I know we might sing the three, or uh, we three kings at Christmas time, and uh, we know that there were three gifts that were also brought to him, but uh, there was also more than one magi, but the Bible never, the Bible never says there were three wise men. Amen? Listen, let me go a little bit deeper. Uh, we even say that a whale swallowed Jonah. The Bible never said that it was a whale. I know what VeggieTales might have taught you, but let me just say something that's not in the Bible. Uh, It just says that he was swallowed by a great fish, a great fish. It does not never said a whale, all right? Uh, How about this one? Money is the root of all evil. Listen, that, 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 that is not in the Bible. Uh, when you really look at the scripture, it's missing a few key words. In 1 Timothy 6 and 10, actually says that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Amen, somebody. Here's another one. Uh, this too shall pass. I know 
it sounds good. I mean, listen, others have, have gotten it confused with the other phrase in the Bible that appears over 400 times in the King James Version where it says, and it came to pass. But the Bible never says that this too shall pass. And we have created our own subculture and we have our own language that we use to communicate what it is that we feel. Uh, you may have used this if you're a parent in this place. I know my mom and dad used to use it all the time. And for years, I thought it was in the Bible. Uh, cleanliness is next to godliness. Listen, uh, while, while that is a very good thing to do, you want to be clean, uh, it is just not found in the scripture. But if it helps you get your children to clean the rooms and the bathrooms, go ahead and use it. But just don't say the Bible said it. Amen. Let me give you one more, one more that we often hear. Uh, God works in mysterious ways. I mean, it make, makes God real spooky, right? I mean, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 remind us that God's ways are different from ours. But there is no biblical reference. There is no biblical prophet ever that says uh, God works in mysterious ways. God works in mysterious ways. Never, never happened. It was never said. Today we're going to talk about one of those church phrases. Somebody say church phrases. One of those church phrases that, that I think has gotten us into a lot of misguided or misused and just a lot of trouble. Before we get into that, let me just ask this question. How many people in here would say that, um, man, even as the summer is gone and now you're preparing to enter back into a, 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 a different routine with you know, your kids going back to school and different things like that. How many would be honest and say that sometimes it, it can get a little stressful? It can just, you know, life can just get a little overwhelming at times with everything that's going on. Listen, it's become almost like if, if we say, <laughs> and I see this even with my dear wife, if, if, if we say that we had a relaxing day, we almost feel like we should be ashamed of ourselves <laughs> because there's so much going on in our life that God forbid if we say, man, I just, I, just took a, I just took a day to just chill, that we feel almost guilty about even just relaxing. So we begin our story today with a guy by the name of Moses. And at this point in the book of Numbers chapter 11, we find Moses at a state where he was just unbelievably overwhelmed. I mean, he was stressed to the max. Let's look at it. Numbers chapter 11, verses 13 and 14. Look at what it says. It says, where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing to me saying, give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. Now, what we do not have a record of is what some of the good, good Christians may have said to him. So allow me just to use my spiritual imagination for a moment, if you will. And let's just think about Moses in this 
stressful moment, in this stressful situation, he's trying to figure out how in the world am I going to provide food for all these people who are following me out here in the wilderness. I'm sure some of these good Christians probably said things like, oh, don't worry. It'll be okay. Remember, God will never give you more than you can handle. <laughs> it's going to be all right. Everything happens for a reason. How many people have heard people say that before? Don't give up. You can do it. God will never, ever give you more than you can handle. And that's where we're going to land on today. Because these are great bumper stickers. <laughs> these are great phrases for the T-shirt. These are great uh, 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 sayings for magnets to put on your, on your refrigerator. Good statements to even put in the greeting cards. But it's just not in the Bible. It's just not in the Bible. And even though we may get it from church or from church people, it is not the wisdom of God. It's the wisdom of the world from church the wisdom of the world from church. So we're going to deal with today, we're going to deal with bad advice found from church. And the specific one is the one that says, God will never give you more than you can handle. God will never give you more than you can handle. Let me just tell you, that's a piece of bad advice. And I'm going to show you where I think we may have derived it from. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, it says this. No temptation is one of my favorite verses of all Scripture. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. To man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted, watch this, beyond what you are able to bear. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to bear. But when you are tempted, he will always provide a way out so that you can stand under it. I love that scripture because we have this promise. Listen to what the promise is. The promise is very, very clear. With every temptation, God will show you a way out of it if you look for it and take it. That's the promise. Can we agree on that? That's the promise. With every temptation, God will show you a way out of it or if you look for it and if you take it. But, but you will never, and, and the promise is you will never face a temptation to sin that you cannot overcome. That is the promise. But it does not say God won't put more on you than you can handle. It's not what it says. That is not what it says, my brothers and sisters. It does not say that God won't put more on you than you can bear. Because I believe this. Listen to me good. I believe that God will often allow you to have more than you can handle. Here's the reason why. Because he's going to teach you to depend on him. I say that God will often allow you to take on more than you can handle as a mechanism to teach you that you have to depend on him. Because when we really think about this giant of a problem is something that we can handle, we're saying, just stand, just drop up your bootstraps and push through it. That's basically what we're saying when, 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 when we say that. Try harder and harder until you make it. But the fact is, 
many times it's not about you trying, it's about you trusting. I don't know, maybe I need to get a little bit more volume, Will. Maybe I need to get a little more volume. See, we think it's some great accomplishment that we can go through the storm and never break. <laughs> All right, it's, 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 it's 89 degrees outside. Let me just... We think that it's some great accomplishment if we can go through the storm and never break. Here's the problem with this, Sister Robin. The fact is, and maybe we forgot this, God wants you broken. Okay, all right. God wants you broken. That's why the storm came to begin with. I didn't say he wants you destroyed. He wants you broken. See, he wants you broken. He wants you pliable. He wants you moldable. Why? So that he can change you into his image. That word delight, when we look at Psalms 34, delight yourself in the Lord, that word delight means to become pliable, to become moldable, to become fashionable so that he can make you into what he wants and desires you to be. And I believe that many of us right, are right where Moses was, desperate, at the end of your wit's end trying to juggle everything at once. Job, kids, school, bills, family issues, relationships, feelings, questions. But God won't give me more than I can handle, so I should be able to handle this. Guess what? No, you can't. No, you can't. This is just where Moses was. And let's keep on reading down. Look back down at your Bible. I want you to hear the panic in his voice. Look back down at verse 15. Moses says, if this is how you are going to treat me, put me to death right now. Moses is saying, kill me now if this is what I got to go through. I mean, has any, listen, you don't have to raise your hand, but just be honest and give me that, mm-hmm, Pastor. You, 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 you can just, you can just get, give me the stiff head nod. Mm-hmm. You, you ain't got to let nobody around you know. But have you ever been to the point where it's like, listen, if this is what my life is going to look like, listen, I'd rather come and see the streets of gold and the pearly gates right now. Listen to what he says. He says, if this is how you are going to treat me, put me to death right now. Verse 16, the Lord said to Moses, bring me 70 of Israel's elders, and I will take the spirit that is on you and put the spirit on them. They will help you carry the burden of the people so that you will not have to carry it alone. Do you see when it was that Moses got his help? Moses got his help when he ran to God. (laughs) And pay attention to this. He didn't go to God calm either. 
I mean, he was stressed and yelling and upset. Can I tell you something? God isn't offended at how you talk to him. He just wants you talking to him. See, some of y'all missed it on this side. Let me talk to Ray, because he got me. He's not offended at your tone. He just wants you to keep talking to him. Because when you keep talking to him, I believe that, when, that that's when our perspective begins to shift and change. When we continue to talk to God and say, God, I'm upset. I don't know what's going on. If this is how you're going to deal with me after you didn't call me out here to the wilderness to lead these people, God, and then ever since, and, and, and God says, just keep talking to me. <laughs> just keep talking to me. Because the more you keep talking to him, the more you'll begin to run out of things that you're saying of your own will. And you'll begin to realize, you know what? After all that we've been through, it should have been worse. It could have been a whole lot worse. But thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in him. So all I got to do is hold on to his unchanging hands. I believe this. Anything that God gives you, anything that God gives you that brings you closer to him, watch this, is a gift. Anything that God gives you that brings you closer to him is a gift. I call this the gift of too much. <laughs> the gift of too much. And see, the gift of too much teaches us some things. Let me tell you what it teaches you. I think first it teaches you that you got to put something down. Put something down. You know, I've come to this point in my life where I really have to judge what is best for my time. Are y'all hearing me today? You have to get to a point where you have to judge what's really best for your time. Because, see, there are so many good options. It's like, you know, going down to the Brazilian steakhouse. As long as you keep that coast on green, they're going to keep piling on that, on that meat. <laughs> I wake up every single day with the gift of too much. And you know what it has done? It has forced me to prioritize my time. This is good, but this is better. And see, I think that's just what Martha failed to do in Luke chapter 10. Y'all remember Martha? You know Mary's sister, Martha. You know Lazarus' sister, Martha. Yeah, you know Mary, Mary and Martha. Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, verse 41 and 42. Watch what it says. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. Mary, watch this, has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. Notice what Mary chose. Mary chose better. What Martha chose wasn't bad. It was actually good, but there was something better. Whew. 
if you're overworked, stop thinking, well, God won't give me more than I can handle. And realize that you're probably doing or have more than you can handle. And it's just time for you to put something down. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? I've had to learn the beauty of the word or. (laughs) Because there are so many ands in life that are non-negotiable. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm sure some of y'all have too. You know, mother and employee, father and breadwinner. Student and employee, revival tab leader and parent and spouse. Maybe there are some ands that can become ors. Thank you, Pastor Ken. In other words, watch this. Don't pick up anything else until you first lay something down. I've I'm currently rolling out this new standing moratorium on things here at, at RT with our staff. And I was telling one of our leaders just the other day, don't add anything else to your calendar. Don't add anything else to your plate unless you first remove something that's already there. And, 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 and I believe that some of us need to do that even in our own lives. You need to make it a rule in your home. Don't think about making, adding another thing until you first stop doing something. You have to learn this. You have to change your way of thinking on this. And stop this thinking of, well, you know, God won't give me more than I can, so I must be able to handle it. No, 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 no. Just stop. Just stop it. Here's what I am sure of. There's a whole lot of things I'm unsure of. That's real scary to say as a pastor, but there's a whole lot of things I'm unsure of. But here's one thing I am sure of. God often allows you the gift of too much to force you into his presence to prioritize what is better. So not only will the gift of too much teach you to put something down, but watch this. The gift of too much will also teach you to hand something off. You know, there was another time Moses was completely overwhelmed because he was just doing too much. I mean, from dusk to dawn, giving advice, mediating, disagreements, governing people. I mean, he was just falling apart all because it was too much for any one person to do. And I can just hear that voice. Well, God won't give you more than you can handle, so you might as well be able to handle it. You might as well be able to handle a million problems in one day because God won't give you more than you can handle. Y'all acting like y'all ain't never heard. You're acting like you ain't never said that to yourself, let alone somebody told you. 
And I'm trying to free you this morning. Watch this. It took Moses' father-in-law, <laughs> a man by the name of Jethro. I don't know about you, but if a person by the name of Jethro is coming to tell me something, I'm giving full attention. <laughs> Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, came to him and he began to speak wisdom into his life. Hmm. Let me just pause here for the cause. Some of y'all can't even receive the wisdom that God is trying to give you because it's coming through your in-law. And you've adopted this whole mindset that, well, you know, you, you know my in-laws, you know, you know my old lady's people, you know. And God is saying, I'm trying to give you wisdom to help you live and not die. You better take heed. I said, you better take heed. Exodus chapter 18, listen to what it says. Exodus 18, verses 17 and 18. Listen to what it says. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. <laughs> I mean, flat out, just what you're doing, hey, this ain't good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Just nudge your neighbor and say, you can't handle this alone. Did you notice who was getting worn out? Maybe y'all missed it. Him and the people. <laughs> Reminded me of uh, um, uh, the former mayor of, of New Orleans, Ray Nagin. He, he resigned. He said, I'm resigning because of health reasons. Y'all sick of me and I'm sick of y'all. That's <laughs> what he said. I'm stepping down for health reasons. I mean, and, and this is right in the Bible. He's, he's, his father-in-law Jethro says, you and these people... You and everybody that you leave, this is not good. What you're doing is not good. Because there were other people who were there and other people, watch this, who were better at the job too. This is why he told them this, I'm going to take your spirit and put, them, put it on them so that they can begin to do the work. I'm learning this lesson now. Coming up on four years of pastoring this church and I'm blessed but, I, but it's taken me some time to learn some valuable lessons. This church is getting healthy and growing, and I'm learning that I just can't do it all. All the sermons, all the meetings, all the classes, all the hospital visits, all the funerals, all the weddings, all the altar calls, all the prayer times, just all the counseling sessions, just all, I just can't do it all. I just can't. So if you need counseling, I'm probably, you know, moving forward, I'm probably not going to be the one to do it because you know why? Number one, I just don't have the capacity to do it all. And number two, there are people who are actually better at it than me. Right here in our midst, we have, God has blessed us 
We have, I mean, certified uh, 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 counselors that can sit down with you and walk you through the things of life that you're going through and help you. I just ain't listen, give it to Jesus. But sometimes we need more than just that. I'm just being honest. I mean, sometimes people are going through, I mean, serious mental issues and anguish. And listen, we, we need to understand, like, there needs to be some type of de-escalation before they even can hear Jesus. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. Like Jethro told Moses, it wouldn't even be right if you could do it all. I had to realize I'm not the problem solver. I'm, the, I'm a disciple maker. And there are so many other gifted leaders in this church who are ministering in ways better than I ever could. Now, occasionally there are some who just do not understand and just flat out don't like the Jethro approach. They don't like the Jethro principle. They think that one man should be able to do all the things. <laughs> Let me tell you what I've learned. Here's what I believe about meeting needs of other people. Are y'all ready for it? Are y'all ready for it? If you have a need, okay, if you have a need, and you have to choose who meets the need, it's not a need. It's a want. If you got somebody that's coming to you and like, oh, I have a need, I have a need. Okay, well, I'm going to lead you over there. Well, I don't want them to do it. Not, see, that's not a need. That's a want. What a sneaky agenda. I'm going to give you a piece of advice that Pastor Tim gave me not too long ago, and I tell you, it has blessed me. This is what he says. He says, you have to learn to do what only you can do. Do what only you can do. In other words, th th there are things that I can do that, yeah, I can do it, and I'm probably good at it, but guess what? There are probably some other people who can also do the very same thing. But listen, I have to learn, and this is an old school term, how to stay in my lane. And let me tell you something. Let me pass a little bit of wisdom on to you. You got to learn, too, to stay in your lane. There are some things that only you can do. And you got to learn to do just that. Let me just say this, too, while I'm here. Maybe the stuff that you need to hand off isn't just physical stuff, too. Many of you are carrying around much too much emotional baggage. And you need to hand that off, too. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? What godly person in your life can help you carry the burden? Did you know that you cannot as fully experience the presence of God alone as you can with somebody else? That's just scripture. 
because the, because, because, because the Bible says where two or more <laughs> are gathered together in my name, I am in the midst of them. Maybe God has given you the gift of too much so that you'll find a prayer partner and get into the presence of God together with them. So not only will the gift of too much teach you to put something down, not only will the gift of too much teach you to hand something off, but let me give you my last point and then I'm, 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 I'm out of here. I think the gift of too much will also teach you to give something to God. Give something to God. There is a beautiful promise found for us in the book of Psalm. It's for all of us. Psalm 55. Psalm 55 and 22. Listen to what it says. Cast your cares on the Lord. Watch this. And he will sustain you. <laughs> Isn't that a beautiful promise? I mean, a beautiful thought. Just lay it out there and be sustained. Wow. I think there's a problem in how we envision casting our cares to the Lord, though. Because, see, the word cast in the Greek is the Greek word shellac, which literally, and it has a couple different definitions, but it means to hurl or to throw. But I'm convinced that the way we do it is not the way God meant it. See, we like to cast our problems to the Lord, but when we cast, there is a string attached. <laughs> it's almost like the rod with a wheel, rod with a reel in, in our hands. And it's like we, I'm casting my money problems to you, God. Wait a minute, that's not how I thought you were supposed to go, so let me reel that back on in. I'm interested. God, I'm casting my family problems to you. Oh, that's, oh no, 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 that, that, that's not how it's supposed to happen. Let me Reel that back in because, all right. God, I'm casting my job problems to you, Lord. Oh, 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 oh that's how you're going to do Okay, no, that's all right. Let me, let me reel that back in because I, I, don't, I don't want you to deal with it like that. And we keep this casting and reeling effect going on with God. And I don't think that's what God intended for us to do. That's one example of the casting. There's another word when you look at that definition or that word in the Greek. There's another term that's used <laughs> that really just blessed me. And that was to shed. To shed. Go ahead and pull up the next slide, Max. Many of you know, we now have a puppy in the golf household. And against all of my, all of my internal judgment, he's here. <clears throat> His name is Lincoln Theodore. And this is the girl's dog, let me just tell you. 
Um, Lincoln is a mini golden doodle. He's a golden retriever, poodle mix, miniature. <laughs> not supposed to, supposed to not get any bigger than 20 pounds. <clears throat> Pray our strength in the Lord. Lincoln is also what they call hypoallergenic. Am I saying the word right, honey? Okay. Now, <laughs> this means that he is less likely for people to have allergic reactions to him. And it also means that he is very, very, very less likely to shed. To my surprise, one day, I come downstairs. Pastor Ken, I see some cinnamon-looking hair on the floor. I'm wondering, what is going on? Like, you told me that this dog doesn't shed. You told me this. So you sold me on this whole hypoallergenic thing. And he's here, and now I see hair on the floor. So I began to get very perplexed because, you know, I'm looking for ways to send this dog back. <laughs> Trying to find opportunities. <laughs> See, this ain't gonna work, this ain't gonna work. <laughs> I was fit to be tired, Errol. But I, I started Googling, and I asked Google, I said, Google, why do dogs shed? This is what Google told me. Y'all got to listen to this. A dog's fur helps control his body temperature and protects his skin against the sun and other environmental elements. When a dog's hair stops growing, he will naturally lose it by shedding. When a dog's hair stops growing, he will naturally lose it by shedding. This is where I felt like I understood what the Lord was trying to get us to understand today. Listen to me good. I believe that there are times when we have so much on us that it has actually stopped us from growing. And when we are stunted from growth, guess what happens? We lose our ability to control the temperature and also we lose the ability to protect ourselves from the elements around us. So what happens is, is that we have to come to a point where we must shed. In other words, like Psalm 55 tells us, we got to cast our cares upon the Lord and knowing that he will sustain us. I believe that God calls us to a place where he's saying, listen, You've got a whole lot of stuff on you. It's time to shed. 
You got a whole lot of stuff on you. I know what people may have said about you. They may have told you, this is what you are. This is what you're supposed to be. Oh, you're a strong man. Or you're a strong woman. You can do this. You can handle this. But God is saying, I need you to shed. As a matter of fact, I need you to really understand that your, my strength is made perfect in your weakness and that my grace is actually sufficient for you. And all you need to do is just understand that it's time for you to get a little weak so that my strength can be made strong. It's time for you to shed all the things that you think you have to do, that you think you should be doing, that you think you ought to be doing. So in order for you to get to a place to where I, my strength can be made perfect in you, and then you can say, I can do all things through Christ that gives me the strength to do it. I can't do this on my own. I wasn't built to do this on my own. I wasn't even wired to handle this stuff all by myself, but I know that with God, I can make it. But I need him. I need him. I need him. I need, I, I cannot bear these burdens alone. So maybe you're here today. And you have gone through your life. People have told you. You can handle it. I depend on you. You got this. You can make it. And you've carried this in a way that you really weren't meant to carry it. You've been abiding by that rule. Hey, well, God won't give me more than I can handle, so I must. I'm, I need to go ahead and just plow right on through it. Let me, let me just tell you something. Don't buy into that lie. Because oftentimes God will give you more than you're able to bear so that you can realize that you need him. That you can prioritize that which is better over that which is good. So that you can realize that some things I need to put down, some things I need to hand off, but some things I just need to give to God. Everyone standing in this place. tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders.